today on Mother Mayhem. Covert narcissists are classic gaslighters. While overt narcissists might unapologetically lay claim to their false narratives by making threats, gaslighters use subtle ways of undermining you from staking a claim to your own opinion or your own point of view. Welcome back to Mother Mayhem, the Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Podcast for Daughters. As we settle into today's conversation, please do take a second to appreciate my title for today's episode, Covert Narcissist, The Mother You Didn't See Coming. It's a little bit snarky and a little bit cheeky of me, and I always like to take a moment to appreciate some good snark. So glad to have you here with me today. Today, I want to talk to you in all seriousness about covert narcissism and what it likely meant for you to grow up with a covertly narcissistic mom, how it affected you then and how it affects you now and how you can mitigate the ways it affects you in your present day. I might have been a little cheeky and snarky to start this off, but everyone here knows that this isn't really a joke. Humor and teasing can only take us so far when we're talking about the crazy, unpredictable patterns and ways of relating that covertly narcissistic moms have. This episode, I'm going to be honest with you, may be hard to listen to. It might hit a little too close to home for you, and it might be bringing up things that you haven't thought about in a while. I trust you to know if it's the right time for you to be thinking about this stuff, And you can always stop and come back, take a moment to pause, or take a deep breath. You get to say when, you get to say where, and you get to say stop. And that will always be true in any discussion we're having together. So to start, let's just bring us back to our first conversation we had on the show. In the first episode, I explained how narcissistic personality disorder is an ingrained way of being that your mom has had. She wasn't just narcissistic with you, although you may have been the one to bear the brunt of it. Your mom was this way with everyone, and as a result of her own upbringing and her own experience, she failed to develop a healthy sense of herself and as a result, a healthy perception of the world. The relationships around her and herself and the way she saw them were all likely skewed and out of proportion. And as we've talked about in previous episodes, This came up and showed up for you in a lot of different ways. She may have made everything about her. She may have put you and others down to make herself feel better. You may have experienced her as being overly critical or excessively judgmental. And it's likely that you felt like your relationship with her was largely transactional. She was only easier to be around or she was only calm when she was getting her needs met and her expectations were tended to. She may have divided you and your siblings against one another, and if she was a straight-out narcissist, she got your attention. You would feel that gut of betrayal and rejection like a sucker punch, and you knew what it felt like when you would lose that oxygen after she made a cutting remark or would cruelly take something from you just because she knew it was important to you and that it meant something to you. Straight-up narcissism is really hard, as we know, but it's also really clear. You know you're getting the silent treatment because you did X. 
You know she disagreed with you about why. Her responses to you were abusive and neglectful, and they were overt. You saw them. You may not have understood them, and you may have thought they were all your fault, but nonetheless, you were clear on who your mom was, even when everything she did just caused you hurt and confusion. Hearing this all kind of laid out so bluntly and so directly and so clearly can make this really hard to listen to. So just breathe with me through it. I actually think a lot of you who are finding this show may be less familiar with those screaming red flag version of your mom where you see those red flags flying all about and you might be more familiar with the more yellow, orangey kind of flag, mother. How's that for a description? The yellowy, orange flag kind of mother. I'm not quite sure it fits, but bear with me. The non-flaming red flag mother causes her own special kind of hurt because it's covert. It's subtle. You can't always see her machinations. It can feel fuzzy to call them out, but you know in your bones that something is off. You know that something doesn't work and that something doesn't feel good. And in that same way, that overt narcissists are chronic in their way of moving through the world, covert narcissists create that same chronic feeling. So here's my take at describing it so we all know what we're talking about and how covert narcissism is different from overt narcissists. Overt narcissists, now we know, they have this exaggerated sense of self-importance. They're constantly seeking admiration. They're grandiose and they're attention-seeking. And they exalt their accomplishments regularly and always be seeking validation from others. These behaviors are visible and they're noticeable. On the other hand, it's a little bit different with covert narcissism. It's like narcissism in disguise. It's more subtle and it's hidden. Covert narcissists can appear humble, selfless, and maybe even shy at first glance. They may portray themselves as caring, considerate individuals while secretly craving the attention, admiration, and control behind the scenes. Their narcissistic traits are often concealed and they're not immediately apparent to others. Sometimes for some people, you can be in a relationship with someone for years before you realize what's been going on underneath the surface. Think about it like this for a second. A narcissist might proudly show off their achievements on some big stage, seeking attention and validation from a larger audience. In contrast, the covert narcissist, she's going to be operating behind the scenes. She's going to manipulate and control in the shadows, and she's often going to appear innocent and unassuming to the outside world. If your mom was covertly narcissistic, she likely seemed like some master of disguise. She may have appeared generous and forgiving and kind, but behind closed doors, she'd show you a different side. She'd manipulate and control you and others around her in ways that were far more subtle. And it could have been hard to detect what her true motives were. It likely felt like you were playing a game all the time when you didn't know the rules or the rules were always changing. And it's likely she portrayed herself as the victim in all of it. 
So she'd use guilt and emotional manipulation to get what she wanted. And it probably felt like you had this hidden puppeteer who was like pulling your strings from the shadows. And I imagine it often left you feeling confused and validated and incredibly emotionally drained. A covertly narcissistic mom's favorite tool is emotional manipulation. She will have directly or indirectly always been implying how your words or your actions may have been making her feel. And sometimes she'd even imply how your words and your actions made you feel. As I was preparing for today's episode, an example from my own childhood popped into my head. My stepmother wasn't narcissistic. She was just incredibly anxious and fearful of all the things that could go wrong in the world. And she was particularly concerned about my sister. She viewed my sister as really fragile and as a result, created this really enmeshed relationship with her at times. Growing up, I remember her really being nervous about my sister participating in after-school activities, going on field trips, or doing anything. And in this particular example that popped into mind, I was thinking about our Halloweens. And I remember her telling my sister, we certainly can dress you up as anything you want for Halloween. I'll get you any costume you want. I do worry about your asthma, though. It gets kind of cold at night, and you know how you are. You start coughing just in the freezer section of the grocery store. I'd hate for you to start coughing all the way up the hill and so far from home. And that's what covert narcissists sound like, right? Because these are these emotional manipulative tools that aren't just available to narcissists. Anybody can use them. In this example, it's like a maladaptive coping mechanism that my stepmother used to manage her own anxiety about my sister being out and away from her. But a covertly narcissistic person is going to use the same emotional manipulation, the same sort of tendency to get you to do what they want, to be that puppeteer and pull those strings. So my stepmother didn't want my sister going out. Enough surprise to nobody, my sister ended up not going out. My stepmother would play these same kind of games when it came to field trips too. In these examples, she might say something like to my sister, oh, there's so many germs. You could catch anything. If you decided you didn't want to go, I wouldn't want you to miss out on any fun. We could just spend the day together instead. My stepmother's favorite way to manage her anxiety was to create this enmeshed relationship with my sister. And of course, it took me years of my own therapy to figure that one out. Growing up, I just thought she didn't like me enough to spend time alone with me. And I thought I was the one who wasn't like dainty or delicate enough to be likable to her. And I'm sure some of you listening know a little bit about what that feels like and the stories I had and created about myself at the time. My guess is that you crafted some stories yourself about yourself in response to your mother's emotional manipulations. It can be really hard to pull these things out and look them in the eye. But if we use my example here, which has long since been processed, we can see the internal story I created but also how it doesn't match the facts. None of that had anything to do with me. It was all about my stepmother and her anxiety. As I reflect back on this now and share it with you, isn't it a good thing that my elementary school brain didn't process that one as if she didn't care whether or not I got sick or lived or died so long as my sister didn't? 
She only cared about my sister being exposed to germs, not me. I could have taken such a bigger bite out of that dysfunction and run with it. You might be doing that with yourself too. And that's why we're pulling these stories out, so we can rewrite your narrative about who you are, what you deserve, and how lovable you are. This is the work of narcissistic abuse and trauma recovery. And shoot, it really isn't for the faint of heart. Okay, deep breath. Take a beat if you have to. Ground yourself if you're feeling a little buzzy or fuzzy. Because here's where we have to go next. Covert narcissists are classic gaslighters. While overt narcissists might unapologetically lay claim to their false narratives by making threats, gaslighters use subtle ways of undermining you from staking a claim to your own opinion or your own point of view. A classic gaslighter, when being held accountable for her actions, might say, well, I've only been doing X because you said or wanted to or needed Y. Your grievance then gets framed as something that's your fault. And I feel it's really important to say here that non-narcissists, covert or not, use these tools too, just like my stepmother did to manage her anxiety. Just because someone emotionally manipulates or gaslight doesn't immediately make them a narcissist. We start to get concerned that someone is narcissistic when these things become the patterned way a person moves through the world, not just an isolated occasion and a moment of insecurity or defensiveness. When you're trying to understand yourself better in your own history, in your own childhood, one of the things you're going to look for is a patterned lack of empathy. Someone may be having a hard time and they may make this erroneous choice from a place of pain. But if your mom was or is a covert narcissist, she will only hold judgment and will state all of the reasons why someone is just flat out plain wrong. She'll also subtly imply how she would have done something better or found another way. Covert narcissists are really smart. They don't do feelings very well, so they know a lot of things and about a lot of things. And in sharing that information, they often put themselves in this superior place without getting all braggy about how smart they are. Covert narcissists will share things they know and talk about things they know so people will see them as smart. And as a result, they can also sometimes be seen as generous because they're being so helpful and sharing what they know. But ultimately, this is an attempt to control the narrative. And it's masking the fact that they have these emotionally limited lives and they struggle with any true sense of connection to others. And if you had the kind of mom that other moms envied or who your friends really liked, you might recognize this. You knew her cutting, manipulative, and disingenuous tone, but to others, she was the mom who always helped at the PTA or who always had your friend's favorite snack at your house for when they came by. On the surface, it looks like people-pleasing, but underneath, it's a chronic pattern of controlling the narrative publicly while a different story or version of itself would reveal itself privately to you in your relationship with her. Unpredictable mood swings are common for both overt and covert narcissists, and they're both a lot to deal with. They take energy, they're exhausting, 
and often it feels like walking on eggshells as you always found yourself scanning for what mood your mom might have been in so you would know how to act or not act. You might hear about narcissists being described as having these really intense reactions, and you may have found yourself questioning whether or not your mom is really narcissistic because she didn't quite act in the ways we've been talking about in previous conversations. Covert narcissists may be displaying wildly unpredictable mood swings. They seemingly shift from being kind and loving to being distant or dismissive, and often it happens without any apparent reason. This inconsistency is what keeps others off balance. It might have been really hard for you to really gauge your mom's true emotions or her intentions. Covert narcissists may employ these passive-aggressive behaviors as part of their own mood swings, so they may express their frustrations indirectly. They might make these sarcastic comments or give backhanded compliments or engage in these subtle acts of sabotage. This is the behavior that creates tension and confusion in their relationships. Overt narcissists just do it differently. They would never lay claim to being anyone's victim. But for a covert narcissist, for example, when experiencing this intense mood swing, they'll play the victim role. They may adopt this melancholic or self-pitying demeanor, making others feel guilty or responsible for their negative emotions. They try to gain sympathy and control the dynamics of the relationship. Overt narcissists have their mood swings too, and we know about it, but they're known to be more dramatic with these bursts of anger or frustration or even grandiose exhilaration and celebration. Overt narcissists are really prone to impulsivity. They're going to make the rash decisions. They're going to quickly assert themselves in times of change. They're going to be the expert, the superior, or the dominant in some kind of way. Mood swings are an emotionally manipulative tool used to get the response from you. Remember we said earlier that you likely felt like you were a puppet on a string. With the covert narcissist, that pull may have been subtle but constant. The overt narcissist may have just yanked you into submission. I find that a lot of the covert narcissists always have a villain in their story. It's not always the same person, and the person who's the villain might change from day to day, but there is always someone causing hardship or stress in the narcissist's life, and it is never, ever them. Your mom might have shared a lot of how well-intentioned she was in her relationships with others. She may have talked about how she had so many good ideas or how many things she was going to do, but how X, Y, or Z stopped her. Often the things or the people who stopped her were inept or incapable, so it had to be her. Her lack of follow-through was often blamed on the incompetence of others. She couldn't do what she wanted to do because she was covering for the failings of other people. Overt narcissists would never cop to something like jealousy, but jealousy gnaws at covert narcissists. You feel it everywhere and in so many things and so many different situations. You may have noticed how your mom was always noticing what other people had or trips other people were taking, but she couldn't. And there would often be some victim playing in that. And you might hear, well, 
All those other women just took a girl's trip and they went to the islands together. And of course, I couldn't go. Who would take care of you? Who would take you to piano? Or how would we ever pay for those lessons if I was just gallivanting all about? Covert narcissists veil their suffering, but you'll know it's there when you see that in her narrative and in her story on repeat. Overt narcissists are known for invalidating your experiences and feelings with mockery, ridicule, blaming, shaming, or outright aggression. Simply put, they're the narcissist you see coming. Covert narcissists have little tolerance for your feelings, but it looks and feels different. A covert narcissist lives in the subtle, so she's going to minimize your experience. You might have heard things like, you're overreacting. It's not a big deal. Oh, don't be so sensitive. They'll invalidate you in these subtle ways designed to get you to question your own experience. You might find yourself used to sarcasm, backhanded compliments, or passive aggressiveness. Boundary violations are flaming red flags for overt narcissists, and when they do it, it's obvious. They're going to defiantly stomp on any boundary you might set. Covert narcissists daintily step over them, pretending they didn't see them, and then pawn it off as an accident while minimizing its effect and what they did. A covert narcissist might, for example, go through your belongings without asking, but do so in such a seemingly innocent way because they lack the more entitled way that an overt narcissist might just invade your personal space. We talked in an earlier episode about mothers who use enmeshment in a close relationship with you as a way to keep you close and control the relationship. This is the classic tactic of a covert narcissist. They're going to lean on that supposed closeness you share to pressure you to share personal details about your life, to guilt trip you into believing you're selfish or acting in a way that isn't loving. Narcissists, we know they're emotionally neglectful. Over narcissists just do that part out loud. They're self-centered and they emotionally exploit others. Covert narcissists, though, are really sly in their emotional neglect. If your mother is or was more of a covert narcissist, she was largely emotionally unavailable. But instead of being all unapologetic and entitled about it, you likely would have experienced her as being inconsistent in her emotional availability. Sometimes she'd be there with a kind word or two, but then other times it would all just go away and you would end up feeling largely invalidated or unseen by her. Sometimes you might have experienced her as choosing to withhold that emotional support because it was conditional or transactional. And you might have found yourself in situations where you were manipulated so that your emotional needs weren't met, but there was always a really good reason for it. Maybe she was helping a younger sibling. Maybe she was giving to the poor, volunteering somewhere, or helping someone less fortunate than you. A psychobabble word you might have come across or heard me mention in early episodes is called triangulation. Triangulation is like this sneaky game that narcissists play to manipulate relationships. They're creating a literal triangle here, with your mom always at the top point and you and someone else in the bottom corners. Your mom might have used this triangle to control you or influence the dynamic between all of you. 
And this particular game or tactic that your mom might have used the third person to create tension or to make you feel left out. She might have compared you to your siblings saying things like, why can't you be more like them? Or they're so much better at this than you. And by doing this, your mom would create competition and insecurity. And then as a result would make you doubt yourself and need her approval. Triangulation can also involve spreading rumors or gossip, like using the smear campaign that we talked about in last week's episode when we were helping Amanda. The narcissist might talk to you about the other person, saying negative things or sharing information to make you look bad. And they do this to manipulate the relationships involved, to gain control, and always make themselves look better in comparison. So the goal for your mom in triangulation was for your mom to be at the center of attention and to keep you and everyone else off balance. Your mom would thrive on the power and control that she had over the relationships inside that triangle. Now, overt narcissists, they approach triangulation in the same way that they approach anything. They're in your face about it. They're direct with comparison and competition. They show this clear kind of favoritism and direct confrontation. Covert narcissists love their triangles, but there's so much more nuanced about it. If your mom was a covert narcissist, she may have loved to create and play off of alliances. She'd align herself with one side play off that narrative, control the information, and then work to gain the advantage in all of the relationships. So there's little a covert narcissist relishes more than this indirect communication. Indirect communication would have made it possible for your mom to look like she was emotionally available and present inside that relationship, but really she was just engaging in gossip and creating these subtle divisions in the relationships with other people so everyone always had to rely on her. Let's just take a moment to pause. We've been talking about a really hard thing. These manipulative tools that your mom used, I'm just listing them out, but for you, they were really personal. They happened to you. They were used to get you to move left or right or stay center or move back. And it is a lot to hear them laid plain and laid bare. Let's just stop the conversation for a second and just pause and, and take a deep breath. I feel like I got into talking at you thing. It's hard when I'm a therapist and I'm not in session. So I'm so used to back and forth. And when it's just me doing the talking, it's easy to just keep the list going and to keep talking about it. But let's just take a deep breath, take a moment of pause, and just honor and respect for a second that this is real, and it's true, and it's your truth, and it happened to you. And I see it, and I believe you. And you are listening to this in the company of other women who this happened to, too. Your story, their story, has a lot of similarities, and you are listening to this in the company of others. So just take a deep breath. If you need to hit pause or take a break, that's totally okay. If you need to get yourself grounded and in tune, definitely do that. Don't just allow me to talk at you. And if you're hearing this list 
in this assault style of, oh, your mom did this and your mom did that. Please know that I'm holding compassion with you and for you in this. And I'm sharing this information with you not to do the whole, oh, and another thing, but to help you see that your experience was real and true and valid. I'm in it with you. And so is everyone else listening to this episode along with you. Thanks for taking that moment to pause with me for a second and just get yourself grounded. I did that pause a little bit deliberately because I've already talked about some hard things and I've said some hard truths about what it means to be the daughter of a covertly narcissistic mom. But unfortunately, there's more painful truths to talk about and to make real. And again, I don't say this to beat you up or to make you feel downtrodden, but to really help you see that it wasn't in your imagination. Your pain and trauma and childhood were real and they happened to you. Because one of the things that I see and feel and speak about when I talk about narcissistic mothers is that they are often known to be what I call performative parents. They want that image of what it means to look like a good parent more than they actually want it to be parents. And that can be so painful to think about. But again, I want to remind you about what I've said in this episode and in other episodes is this wasn't your fault. It wasn't about you. All of this is about your mom and her emotional limitations and her inability to connect with others. Her lack of a desire to be a real and true parent wasn't that she didn't want to be a real and true parent to you, but wanted to be a real and true parent to someone else. She just was incapable of parenting. And with an overt narcissist, you would have been able to see this from a mile away because an overtly narcissistic mom She's the one who's obsessed with that public image of herself and your family, and she didn't make it a secret. She would showcase those achievements. She might play off her wealth or status or anything else that would have made her look like the superior parent. And it wasn't out of pride in you or your siblings. It was out of this exaggerated or even false pride in herself. That overtly narcissistic mom she was known for public spectacles, but covertly narcissistic moms like being seen for their image. But again, they're going to play that off as the supporting actress in the wings, not the one in the spotlight. And that's why it can be so hard and nebulous to kind of name or say out loud. But you're going to know it if your mom was concerned in the opinions of others and what other people said or did. Covert narcissists, they exert a lot of control and influence over the public image, and they're going to go to crazy lengths to present a personal narrative that is consistent with their versions of events. This might feel familiar to you or sound familiar to you if you were maybe told to dress a certain way or you were told repeatedly how to act in a certain situation. And your mom would have projected this air of harmony and closeness as she talked about your family. But obviously, this would have been a closeness that felt really foreign and unrecognizable to you 
because it was never there or never real. That was a lot. So that's why we wanted to take a deep breath. And for some of you, you may never have thought about your mom or your family in this particular way. For others of you, it has been painfully obvious, but now you have that name to it. And still others listening, you may have called a spade a spade a long time ago, and you just needed someone like me to say it all out loud. And I imagine you'd like some help in figuring out what the heck to do all about this and outline what healing looks like when you're recovering from things that you may have not really seen, but you always felt. How do you heal from a trauma you always found yourself questioning the reality of? As we've talked about it together in previous episodes, especially those first six episodes, emotional identity and validating your own emotions is likely an ongoing struggle for you. You might be having difficulty recognizing and validating your own emotions. And of course you do, because prioritizing your mother's needs and emotions, that's all you know how to do. That's what you did on repeat throughout your childhood. You may be struggling with low self-esteem, self-doubt, or a lack of confidence in your own abilities and your own worth. Perhaps you're finding yourself a little bit stuck in this battle with yourself. You seek the approval for others, you want the approval of others, but then you also feel embarrassed and shameful for needing it. When you're the daughter of a narcissistic mom, covert or not, it's really hard to get a grasp at being seen in a healthy, viable way because you're so used to your mom's way of needing to be seen as so toxic and hurtful and abusive. The relationship your mom offered you was really shallow. So as a result, you might end up feeling totally out of your depth when it comes to intimacy, closeness, or sharing anything about yourself inside the personal relationships you might have with other people. Now, admittedly, I went deep into this rabbit hole, but I did it deliberately today because I think a huge part of healing is naming it, speaking its truth, and you seeing that if I'm talking about your experience so specifically without even knowing you, that odds are other women have also been and also are where you are. That validation alone might be critical to your own healing and recovery. I encourage you to keep seeking support from the show and perhaps a therapist of your own so that you can talk to and unpack these things with personally. Now, your self-care practices, they're going to be so critical to your healing as you work to have a better relationship with yourself and get to know yourself more. Together, we're always going to be thinking about, considering, and addressing, and working on your boundaries. Mostly, we're looking at all of this and hearing all of this and connecting to all of this. I hope it serves as a call for you to better know yourself, like yourself, understand yourself, and accept yourself. We want to help you heal and take care of your inner child, and I suspect that I'm going to be devoting a whole episode or two down the road to that exact process. We want to help you rebuild your self-esteem and your identity. I covered so much ground here, 
And I hope that in having this conversation, that if it applies to you, that you have felt seen and understood. If you know another woman in your life who needs to hear this conversation, I hope you'll consider sharing it with her. I'm building this community with seeds, one seed at a time. You can help me plant more seeds with your social shares and reviews of the show. Thank you so much for sitting in this with me today. If you need help understanding your covertly narcissistic mom, please do reach out with an email or recorded voice memo. I'll use your share to help you and other listeners in your place in a future episode. You can always find me at heather at daughtersnpd.com. Thanks for being in it with me. I'm always in it with you. Bye for now. I'm so grateful that you're here. You're right where you're supposed to be. At its heart, I'm hoping to use this show to build the community of women working together to heal from childhoods marked by maternal narcissism and emotional neglect. My goal for Mother Mayhem is that this show becomes an advice and mentoring-driven show where you share your questions, struggles, and stories, and I offer you direction for healing and recovery. That can't happen without your contributions. I invite you to send a recorded voice memo or write in an email with your questions and things you're struggling with. You can always find me over at heather at daughtersnpd.com. To connect further, I invite you to find me over at Instagram and occasionally on TikTok at daughtersnpd. If you know another woman who needs this conversation in her life, I'm going to ask that you share the show with her. You can help me get the word out with your reviews and social shares of the show and I hope you'll consider doing so. Special thanks to Heather Clark for editing this show. She's in my head and knows what I meant to say when the words come out backwards. Thanks for your time today. I'm always in it with you. Bye for now.